This episode of Politics Without the Boring Bits is sponsored by BT, because BT means business. BT knows that businesses come in many shapes, sizes and guises, from the person just starting out at their kitchen table to the biggest employer, which is why no matter what line of work you're in, they've got your back to help you succeed and do what you do best. No doubt connectivity is a must in Westminster, and it certainly helped us to get this episode created and distributed to you listening right now. BT already connects more than 1 million businesses and public sector organisations, offering secure and reliable connectivity. Nearly three quarters of people running a business or side hustle feel they couldn't do so without reliable broadband and mobile connectivity. That's why having connectivity you can count on is a must for business, whether it be facilitating multiple devices being connected at once or making team calls or guest Wi-Fi access for customers. BT's connectivity helps keep you and your customers happy. Whatever your business, BT's got your back. Search BT's got your back. This episode of Politics Without the Boring Bits is brought to you by Luton Rising, owners of London Luton Airport, the UK's most socially impactful airport. Find out more at lutonrising.org.uk. Hello, I'm Matt Shorty. This is Politics Without the Boring Bits. Coming up on today's episode, PMQ's Unpacked. Tim Shipman from the Sunday Times joins me to pause the action from the House of Commons to analyse the key exchanges between Keir Starmer and Rishi Sunak in real time. And this week, we're joined by Al Murray, the pub landlord. He's stood for election. He's taken the mickey out of politicians professionally and he knows quite a bit about war history. How much of that proved useful as he joined us to watch along with PMQ's Unpacked. Al Murray and Tim Shipman coming up and Lara Spirit rounding up the best of the rest. Before that, Robert Crampton and Alice Thompson Alibert are today's columnists asking, will we miss Lee Anderson and where do you want to be buried? And if you like what you hear on the podcast, don't forget you can listen to me live on Times Radio. Politics without the boring bits, you can listen on your DAB radio, on your smart speaker or download the Times Radio app. That's Politics Without the Boring Bits, weekdays from 10. Now, sad day today. It's a very sad day. It's a very sad day. It's quite overcast. The whole, the whole nation is very sad. As we mourn the passing of one of the great political figures of our age. And just make out you, you don't, don't make out you know who I am. You know I'm the candidate, but not a friend. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Lee Anderson. He's gone, but not forgotten. He's resigned. Not from the GB News job, which pay him £100,000 and stopped him speaking to any other media organisation. Uh, which is completely normal now, apparently. No, he's resigned from his unpaid role as Conservative Deputy Chairman after rebelling in the not rebellion. Well, it's not. This is not a rebellion, Patrick. This is this, this is about uh, making sure that the bill is beefed up a little bit. Yeah, he wanted the bill beefed up a bit, so he voted against the government he was a spokesman for in favour of amendments that were never going to pass. He quit alongside Brendan Clark-Smith, who I don't need to tell you was also a deputy chairman of the Tory party. Uh, But these two have form. Lee had Brendan on his GB News show. Now remember, Lee Anderson, Brendan Clark-Smith, both deputy chairman of the actual Conservative Party, grilling each other on TV. Which, I don't know if you remember this, uh, many people mistook at the time for a reboot of actual Frost Nixon. There are baked beans incoming. Close your eyes, I'm going to mix them up. Okay, you're not going to spit in it. No, I'm going to mix them up. So, 
you've got to tell me which one is the best one. So, okay. So there is a spoon incoming. Lovely. Open your mouth. Okay. Here comes a, <laughs> here comes a train. What do you think of that one? Well, they're cold. I'm not coming back to this pub for food. Well, dodgy landlord. What do you think of that one? Is it okay? It's kind of a nutty twang. It's a well, kind of a 1984 yeah, kind bouquet. of feel to it. A good bouquet, very yeah. fluffy. Yeah, a cheeky but one. Cheeky one, a little bit dry. Okay. And then... It's a very plain, very flat taste, very... And then the third very one. neutral. Because we want to crack on. Incoming. Well, I've just had a glass of water before this, and I think that was probably stronger than those beans that I've just tasted. <laughs> so, so one, two, or three, which is the best one? Well, so I'm going to go for number two, Lee. Powerful stuff there. Powerful stuff from the Foss Nixon of our age. Uh, feeding each other baked beans. So of course, uh, I suppose now they're both has-beens. The Columnists with Ali Burt, Alice <laughs> Thompson and Robert Crampton. And we say hello to Alice Thompson and Robert Crampton. How are you both? Morning. Uh, yeah, morning. Good, thanks. Great. Good, good, yeah, good, right. good. Yeah. Now, it's a sad day. It's a sad day. It is a sad day because uh, we have bid a sad farewell to uh, Lee Anderson mm. and Brendan Clark-Smith. There are baked beans incoming. Close your eyes. I'm going to mix them up. Okay, you're not going to spit in it. Sorry, no, no, I'm going to mix okay. them up. So, you've got to tell me which one is the best one. So, okay. So, there is a spoon incoming. Lovely. Open your mouth. Okay. Here comes a, here comes a train. <laughs> oh, 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 that's enough. I can't, I can't have any more of Lee Anderson spoon feeding baked beans to Brendan Clark Smith on, uh, mm. on your actual GB News. So, they've both resigned. Um, now, I think we had a conversation when Rishi Sinan pointed. Lee Anderson as to whether or not we thought that was a wise it's possible move. Yep. Yeah. Um, Normally those sort of things can work, the kind of Laurel and Hardy version <laughs> that you think, but, but I mean, Blair no. and Prescott work quite well together. Yeah. I think Angela Rayner works quite well with Keir Starmer, but this one never seemed to work. It looked really awkward and whenever you saw Rishi Sunak with I think Lee Anderson, it was embarrassing almost. They didn't, yeah. you know, you knew they weren't going to gel over the kind of, I don't know, Peloton or mm. over the baked beans. They just had nothing in common with each other at all, did they? And they were forced together, and it, I thought it was a really awkward combination. But yeah, it also depends on the calibre of the of the, uh, the yes the, the funny the funny one. Uh, I mean, Prescott and Angela have got a, a serious were and are serious politicians. Uh, this reminds me more of those some of those people that were around in that. Do you remember that guy Damien McBride? Uh, yeah. For Brown, yeah. and they're brought in as a kind of man of the people. You know, he's you know, he knows what the people are thinking. Always sort of very right wing, you know. Mm. Uh, and then, and they're sort of kept as kind of almost like pets, <laughs> and it's really well, patronising. It's quite a good. Uh, maybe he's he a bad. Maybe, of, but he had a good understanding of. Okay, politics. maybe maybe he's a bad example. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think there's a temptation. I think Alistair Campbell fell into this a little bit, even though he was the middle class mm. son of a vet who went to Cambridge, uh, because he had because Alistair had a northern accent and, and you know yeah, was yeah, into yeah, football yeah. and stuff. You, you get that kind of uh, man of the people status mm. amongst a whole bunch of even more middle class people yeah. who are worried <laughs> about their own street credentials. Yeah. Uh, 
and and and, so and, I, can't, and I can't be out of touch. I'm mates with Lee Anderson. Mm, correct. Yeah. yeah. The problem and, is that Lee Anderson doesn't actually, I think, speak for very well, many people anymore because most people point. could not care less about no, it. That's my point. And it's patronising towards mm. the, the red wall that everybody up in Ashfield or in the Nottinghamshire coalfield, as was, thinks like Lee Anderson and talks like Lee Anderson, and they don't. Uh, and also, they've and just become so self-serving. So you look at Leanne and you think all you care about is yourself. So, you know, if you went in and you were for yes. the people and you were trying to give a balanced view well, and, also, and you're you bringing might, the Tories round. And for all I know, Lee Anderson might have started out as a, as a or genuine, authentic mm. person, but then the, you get forced into this role and you become a kind of... Co- yeah, a, a caricature. A caricature, yeah. Well, because he was a sort of... He, he, he used to work for Gloria De Piero. Is that right? He was in Ashworth. He was the Labour. I think he yeah, did. The yes. Labour Party, and then he sort yeah. of fell yeah, out. Yeah, she the was Labour his Party. predecessor, yeah. and he only switched in twenty eighteen. Yeah. yeah, and then yeah. he sort of joined the Tory Party, and you know, suddenly got yeah. elected, which no one was really expecting us. So. Yeah, no. And now he talks about principles the whole time, and the fact that he's got to stand up for what he believes in Rwanda. Yeah. I think. I mean, basically, the Tory Party is in a massive. You know, who's going to be the next leader? Yeah. campaign and and I don't think any round really matters I think it's no, on whose think... side you're on and as soon as Boris Johnson came in you kind of knew that didn't you that yeah it... and looking for an issue on, mm. uh, over which to resign um, to, to, to yeah because it, 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 there was a very peculiar video that they put out of Rishi Sunak and Lee Anderson I think only on Friday that was really appalling I thought it's one of the rare ones when I mean actually you know, Rishi Sunak I think can be very good in ads but there was this ad that he did when he talks about um, the fact that Bristol University have stopped having the national anthem and how appalling it is and how yeah. disgusted he is and he's really British and he wouldn't do that but I don't remember many universities having a national anthem actually at their graduation services so no. it, it seemed like a really it was a really petty thing. To it's have. really petty, and it's a, and it's the way it's a it's a sign of increasing kind of weakness and uh, a, a sort of identity crisis mm. that we've got as a country. That but we, also, that we, that and, and, and these that endless was a few weeks ago, and the yeah. idea that someone's like literally had a meeting yeah. where they said, "I don't know what we should do. We should get the Prime Minister and Lee Anderson in a room together yeah. to chew over an old, not really true story, yeah. in order to like." virtue signaling the culture mm. wars. And talk yeah. about how British they are. Yeah. And that was meant to be yeah. the problem, wasn't it? Was that everyone I mean, else isn't as British as we yeah, are. Yeah, we never used to do this. It's mm. like, you know, you, you see... I mean, you're coming to work, you see the co-pass supermarket saying, you know, 100% British cheese. Mm. And you think, what, so? You know, do you know what? Does it matter? It's a... Everyone's on that bandwagon. Yeah. And I'm not sure out there in, the, you know, what they call the real world or out in the London metropolitan bubble or blah, blah, people are really bothered about it. Yeah, it's a very odd, it's a very odd thing. And I suppose now the trouble is that Lee Anderson, Rishi Sunak, made Lee Anderson a thing. Yes, he's made instead him a of thing. him being a sort of wally on the back benches, he yeah. made him into a thing. He's now, and I still find it extraordinary. <laughs> he's paid a hundred thousand pounds a year by GB News. Extraordinary. And we get told he can't do any other media as a result. Yeah. So an elected MP, who's at the only interview he gave explaining his reasons for resigning, yeah. was to the yeah. company that pays him a hundred. And they call it exclusive, but they paid the hundred thousand pounds to be yeah. exclusive, really, yeah. haven't they? That's amazing. So anyway, he can go back to after that because he wasn't being paid anything for being deputy chairman of the of the Conservative Party. Um, so uh, yeah, maybe maybe the mistake was appointing well, him in the first place. I wonder if he'll hold his seat. Well, that's a big that is a big question. Yeah, and actually, that's a you know part of the reason why everyone's gone potty in Westminster this week is because that Telegraph you uh, uh, yeah. poll on the YouGov poll, even though it just told us what every other mm. poll has told us previously, because they had seat by seat. Yes. 
as if Conservative MPs hadn't previously thought their own seats might be at risk. Yeah. They've all gone a bit positive. Yeah, well, they're now all trying to get their next jobs, aren't they? So that's what Lee Anderson partly is just going to raise his profile. Yeah. Well, yeah, and yeah, and yeah, and, and sort of carve out their mm. own kind of niche. You know, I'm, I suspect, I'm, I suspect I'm more hard hitting and right wing than you are. I suspect his £100,000 uh, fee depends more on being a sitting Conservative MP than it does on his presenting style. Mm. I haven't actually seen it. Is he good? Unlike you, Matt. I can't remember. Well, I've never <laughs> spoon fed. Have I ever spoon fed anyone baked beans on the show? It's no, probably... I mean, it's probably. Probably got close at times. Chorley cakes, possibly. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like to know why not. You gave us some. We've had a bit of food. Yeah, I've given you food before. Yeah. And I gave uh, I gave Marielle a, a, a pina colada and a tin at Christmas. Does that count? <laughs> it's just sort of more upmarket. Yeah, yes, it's very <laughs> more time, yeah, yeah. times, isn't it? Um, here's a question. Where do you want to be buried? Mm. Apparently, uh, you, you can pay £25,000 to be buried a bit near Karl Marx. <laughs> In Highgate Cemetery in London. Yeah. Yeah, but you know I want to be cremated. We've had this discussion. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I don't want... think I want to be buried. I'm just too claustrophobic. Yeah. And I want the Viking longship pushed out along the Regent's Canal. Yeah. So we're quite <laughs> cheap, us two, aren't we? And then brought back to a mausoleum. Yeah, I was going to say, the, Vi- the Viking longship doesn't sound very cheap. Uh, well, it'd be more of a Viking sort of pedalo, I think. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because the, reg- the Regent's Canal is not very wide, Matt. If on you, the canal? Yeah, on the canal. It runs at the bottom of Broadway Market near where I live. It's yeah. the, well, the Grand Union Canal or the Regent's Canal at that point. Anyway, it's I like it. And uh, I often have nice walks along the towpath. And I quite like to, a, a flaming dinghy or pedalo or rowing boat or something. And then brought back in to a mausoleum in my back garden. Oh, okay. There, there are the instructions I've left for my fold children. You, fold you over to a shopping trolley. That'd be more canal. Oh, yeah, it would, wouldn't it? Keep yeah, in and the canal. Just, yeah, just uh, yeah, a shopping trolley on top of a raft or something. Yeah. yeah. No, I meant just... just no, just the shopping trolley, but they just, just push, push you in. in. Oh, I see. Right, a, but that's not very Viking, method. is it? Yeah. That's not very Viking. It's not very Kirk yeah, Douglas. Yeah, do you want Waitrose or Sainsbury's? <laughs> I want Kirk Douglas, Valhalla, you know, and all of that. Yeah. Nordic nonsense. If you had a spare £25,000, would you... No. Oh, no. <laughs> no. Such a no. weird thing, isn't it? I wouldn't, especially if this person is, if they're a good Marxist, like, they shouldn't, should they be giving it to the cause mm. rather than just trying to get... What, the ed- Irish pop group? <laughs> <laughs> also, everyone ed- just ed- walk past your grave, wouldn't they, and go to yeah. the next one, so you're like the least significant person there. Yeah, exactly. that's a good point. Exactly. Yeah. No one's going to be impressed by that. Yeah. They're just sort of clambering over you. Mm. To get to George Michael yeah. or to get to Carl. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and they're leaving their rubbish there. I've always yeah. thought the grave thing is a bit weird. Mm. The, the whole thing. Celebrity graves. Yeah, have you been to Père Lachaise in Paris? In Paris that was what I was just thinking. Yeah, because that is, is, the, that is Oscar Wilde's is covered Os- in lipstick and and pink carnations. And pink carnations. And, yeah, and Jim Morrison and uh, Edith Piaf and Edith uh, Piaf. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and the man who invented the Parmentier potatoes. He was called Parmentier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's there. I paid a little tribute to him when I went. Was he? <laughs> What sliced very thinly sliced, very thinly exactly. Yeah, I think a mausoleum would be quite fun though. Yeah, wouldn't mind that. You mean like Lenin? You mean like mm. actually embalmed? I could put my ashes in a mausoleum quite. Oh, easy. right, but you don't want to be embalmed. No, I don't. Think no, so. I don't want to be no, embalmed. No, that'd be weird. Yeah, what about cryogenically th- frozen so you could come it's back? It's a thought, isn't it? Like uh, Austin, but like uh, Austin Powers, mm. yes. <laughs> When was, that, was that a documentary? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's a great one. He does, you know, yeah. he doesn't take any account of inflation, does he? And he goes, yeah. it's a million, and they whisper in his ear, and they say, well, it's a billion, actually, or a billion dollars. Anyway, yeah, that'd be good. Uh, loads of people have got in touch today. Uh, posh Southerners sneering at the Northerners, not a good look. Uh, oh. What, is that us? I think that's us, yeah. No, I haven't been sneering at anybody. You are a Northerner. And you're a Northerner. Yeah. yeah. Well, if we're sneering at anyone, it's only Robert specifically. Mm. <laughs> 
Uh, fun fact on um, uh, national anthems at universities. David says, I don't know if this is true, but I'm going to repeat it anyway. Ian Paisley Jr. brought a tape recorder to play the national anthem at his graduation in the 1990s because Queen's University Belfast had recently stopped playing it. Well, I've never heard of it being played. It wasn't no, played at my graduation. It wasn't played at uh, And I've never been I was to at a... Bristol, so I should know. Yeah, you I mean, should. Obviously, they'd brought it in later on. Maybe they brought yeah. it in for the Tories. Yeah, and I think... I've never heard of a graduation ceremony where it was played. Well, Nick says, I was at a graduation ceremony yesterday at King's in London where they played the national anthem on the grounds that it has a royal connection via Anne. I was at, it was a <laughs> ceremony. I'm being called King's. King, yeah. <laughs> 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 As it was a ceremony mostly for postgrads, they were mostly overseas students. There was a slightly baffled but respectful <laughs> yeah. reaction. Yeah, I, I think mean, the overseas students are probably the ones that quite like it actually, because then it feels a bit British. maybe. maybe but I think yeah. any of the rest of the students are going to find it really weird, aren't they? Yeah, I thought. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm surprised. I didn't know it was a thing. Frank's been in touch. Not sure who's more banal, Lee Anderson or you three. <laughs> Going really well. Yeah. Great mood. Yeah. At least we're not sneering. Yeah, we're not deputy prime minister. Can I sneer at Frank? Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, because we were talking about uh, um, the Dean Doris thinks there's a secret plot to install. Oh, I mean, what has she gone about? Um, she wants to install David Cameron. No, she doesn't want to. There is a plot. She thinks. He's she thinks be there's installed. a plot. I'm right. calling it now. The plan is to install David Cameron as the next leader of the party following defeat in the general election. All part of her plugging her book called The Plot. Chris, right. Chris in Barnett's been in touch, says, where do I want to be buried in a secret plot? Yeah, very good. I mean, well yeah. Chris. Yeah. We were just talking films then. Yeah. Um, Saltburn, you can add that to your list. <laughs> yeah. And Poor Things was the thing we didn't like today. You also didn't like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, you've made an absolute travesty of my cycling argument. It's much more nuanced than you make. I'm not one. Of, I don't want to be one of those. We're old, not the home of nuance. I don't want to be one of those. We're old, the home of Britain. <laughs> get Britain debating. I don't want to be one of those old blokes uh, you see on other channels. Yeah. Who just goes, "Oh, cyclists are terrible." Because I used to be a cyclist, and I yeah. still occasionally am. Uh, I think I was writing about how cycling used to be really good for my mental health because it was a survey about cycling being yeah. good for your mental health when I was 25 and 30 and could power around and nobody overtook me. And then when I was 55 and gave up because everyone was overtaking me and I was getting fed up with getting cold and wet or hot. Uh, it wasn't good for my mental health. That's all I was writing. The context is all... So, uh, <laughs> as we've established there, Robert hates cyclists. <laughs> but luckily, we've got a keen cyclist uh, to put the other side of the debate. Get Britain talking. Tom Whipple. This is worse than uh, woman. Science editor of the Times. Oh, and you brought on Whipple. Tell tell Robert Crampton why he's wrong. I, I'm really, I'm worried that your producer has slightly misinformed you. I fear my line is quite nuanced as well. No! This is not the home of nuance! You catch me just just off my bicycle at the train station. I cycle every week. I cycle two or three times in, into the train station, then at the other end into the office. Oh, he's I, smug, isn't he? Is he myself, smug yeah, he's very fit as well. Yeah. I, I would count myself as a keen cyclist, but a lot of what Robert wrote actually chimed with me. No, it didn't. <laughs> You're wrong. <laughs> Alice, tell him what he's on. <laughs> so so my, my, my issue is when I cycle, and I'm evangelical to cycling, I think we should have cycleways everywhere. I think everyone should cycle. I get furious at, and the cyclists will just go apoplectic if you imply this is the case, but we all know it's the case, at the fact that the just random continuous law-breaking of fellow cyclists. 
office. And I just think, you know, we're on the same team. Yeah. I want this to happen. I want this to be a country of cyclists. But if you persistently <laughs> break the law, jump red lights, then I just think, you know, I understand why people are cross with cyclists. Yeah. Yeah, you see, it depends on what I'm doing. So if I'm cycling, then I do break every law, basically, by, you know, <laughs> wanting to go through lights. If I'm walking the dog, I'm really irritated with a cyclist. And if I'm in a car, I'm the same. Mm. I'm like, why are you going so slowly? So I think I'm one of the worst offenders, probably, because it depends what My I'm doing. My view on red lights was that I jump red lights if, if, if the only risk is to yourself, mm. yeah? yeah? But if there's a whole load of school kids or old ladies, then obviously, you know, you, 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 you obey the law. But what you never, ever, ever do is cycle on the pavement, and that has become routine. yeah. Uh, without even without, and people used to do it maybe and look a bit sheepish, or they will drop their speed right down. Is it that now they come up ding ding in the bell? Up yes, the yes, they do. And like I just you're, think you're the like you're you're the, you're the one with the problem. And I think yeah. that is a uh, especially with now electric bikes, which I go too fast. They're a, they're an absolute menace, and I'm sure Tom. Yeah, mine's are cycling through parks. So I think actually yeah. you shouldn't be cycling through parks. You're not supposed to because like, then it's meant to be kind of quiet, peacefully, or walking along, and suddenly someone goes straight past you. <laughs> And they're not supposed yeah. to be there. They've got their routes. They're supposed yeah, to. Yeah, they've be had on. to put a speed limit on the cycle mm. lane in my in my park opposite my house. Uh, Hang on, not... I, I I do. No, it turns out you do have a debate because I do take issue with Robert Crampton. Because <laughs> so so let me reinterpret. You only go through red lights when there's a danger <laughs> to other people. So you only go through red lights if you're not going to kill a granny. And <laughs> this is your moral stance. <laughs> I think that, I, I on the rare occasions when I went through red lights, Tom. Uh, it was if You're, the only person... Sorry, so are you pro-killing grannies with no, vehicles? No, the only person who was going to risk of getting killed by if it had a car been doing the same thing from another direction would have been me. I think, if, if I'm in a car and I stop at a pedestrian crossing and there are no pedestrians crossing it, I don't think, well, well hey, off I go, I'll just, I'll just break the law. We, we do have these laws. They, they, they do exist, and they are there for a reason. Well, I'm now being lectured by Tom Whipple. <laughs> the, the argument has actually now flipped. Yeah. Hasn't it? Yeah. I'm now the reckless Welcome cyclist. Welcome to the big debate. I'm, I'm now the reckless cyclist, and Tom yeah. Whipple is the voice of law and order. Yeah. I mean, I know lots of secret stuff about Tom Whipple that I'm not going to reveal well, on the radio. Well, we've got five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> now, here's the, so, um, We're supposed to be going climbing together, aren't we, Tom? We are, we oh, are. Oh, smug <laughs> middle class. now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we are. And uh, it's going to be like, um, uh, what's it called? Cutting the void? Was it the, the, touching the void. Touching the void, yeah. Well, I cut him loose. Cut, cut him loose. He's the Joe Simpson character. I will have dead my pen knife in my top pocket yeah, in case I think the dead weight of Crampton is too It's much. going to be the other way around. I'm going to end up at the bottom of a glacier. <laughs> Crawl back into camp. Maybe we, should, maybe we should rename this feature as the dead weight of Crampton. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, yeah. My wife bought me a bike, I'm going to Only... say five or six years ago. How many times have you been on it? I went on it quite a lot, obviously, when I first got it. Yeah. I mean, I think it's been years since I've been. It's still in the, in the shed. We've all got bikes. We went on a family bike ride once. Nice. No, good. No, it wasn't. Uh, and we've not been since. Yeah, we went to Amsterdam and I had all the children on the bikes and someone shouted, go home. And I thought that was quite offensive, wow. actually. Yeah, they don't... I mean, we're not love, great. But I did think that that was quite rude. They were all quite young as well. I think yeah. they were all quite shaken. Wow. I mean, we weren't a brilliant cycling. They family. don't like us in Amsterdam anyway, do they? Well, I'm, I'm, trying I'm, to get rid of British tourists. Well, she's, she's not really a fat. She's not. She's, she hates it basically. She's, yeah. she hasn't done it enough. Plus, she can't do it. But in a sort of, if she fell into a river, she could swim. If she fell, yeah. in, you know, she fell onto a bicycle, she could. Yeah, my son's a bit. My son's a bit the same. But there was no set. No, so when we went to Amsterdam, and also it's completely overrun by tourists now, isn't it? Amsterdam on bicycle. Um, where do you stand on Amsterdam, Tom? Um, I th well, I am obviously very... Pr I'm shocked to hear that they, they got cross at people for cycling. In mm. my mind, they are the noble Nordic race who finally sorted this problem and just have people healthfully 
cycling about the place and showing that it's possible. Well, that's a big, mm. it's a big debate that's divided Britain. I can't work out whose who's side we're on now. Dutch aren't Nordic, by the way. Dutch aren't Nordic. <laughs> no. Okay. No, they're not. Well, they're no. northern. They're European. They're tall and they're superior to us. That's that's what counts. Are the Dutch Nordic? No. Get eight seven no. two. Start. No. No, I, can, the I can I can settle that one right now. They're not. No, they're not. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Tommy. I don't want you to miss your train. Tom Whipple, there, quite extraordinarily, the Times' science editor. Uh, um, lo- loads of you getting in touch. Most of it incomprehensible. Uh, Tom Whipple's so right. Cyclists ignoring the cycle so highway code make me very annoyed. Says Mike. This is what this is the sort of content we want. Why do most cyclists not have a bell to warn unsuspecting yeah, walkers a... that they're approaching at speed? Excellent. Grr, says Liz in Manchester. Yeah, I actually remember we had to do the highway code, mm. didn't we? So when I was at school, we all had yeah. to learn on a bicycle well, around the cy- playground. Cycling proficiency tests, mm. and they and we yeah. all got little triangular yeah, we badges. Yeah, we were quite excited by that. And now they've they've binned mm. it, and I think they maybe People should bring it back. People also crossed it. You were crossed it. Cheese is British. Um, it does matter for our producers. Well, it matters for the producers. And it matters so for food. cheese. It's not been produced locally mm. in France. Good point. Yeah, but they're well. Uh, the you... beef. The farmers are getting in touch as well. What's wrong with buying British beef? There isn't anything wrong with we buying British beef. We should all British be buying beef. local produce to reduce greenhouse gases. Yeah, food gases. miles. Yeah, food miles and all the rest. Right, of it. So, I get that. So, but Elton I think John, I th- picnics, <laughs> cyclists, <laughs> British beef, <laughs> British beef, British product. Yeah, I think. Uh, What's wrong with I was making a British burial? Well. Yeah. I was just yeah, I think yeah. this the whole wrapping yourself Scandinavian in the Scandinavian nonsense. Wrapping yourself in the flag uh, is the last. At your burial, of a, is that what you want? Last refuge of a scoundrel. Wrap you in a flag, <laughs> sit you in a shopping trolley, yeah. and tip you in the canal. Yeah, I'm in a Viking, a Viking, <laughs> a Nordic, a Nordic indeed. Yeah, funeral, a Nordic funeral. Yeah, like they do in, in like, uh, like they do in, in Holland. Holland. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it's not called Holland, is it? That's only a province of the <clears throat> Netherlands. <sighs> Eight seven triple two style. Let's just get the debate going. <laughs> Now what? Belgium. <laughs> Get on strawberry jam now, stra- I think, don't you think? I've got strong views. We haven't views. done strawberry jam yet. What, what, where do you we start haven't done strawberry jam? We, we haven't, haven't done, done nanny state. We haven't either. done nanny state. We've yeah. got 40 no, seconds to do nanny state. Do you like the nanny state, Alice? Yeah, I'm pro nanny state. Yeah, pro nanny state. Well, there's no yeah. use to us. There's no use to us. <laughs> yeah, all right. Okay. Yeah, what about Tom? What does Tom Whipple think? He's gone. Alice Thompson and Robert Cramps. There you can read them in The Times every week. Just get yourself a subscription at thetimes.co.uk. Up next, it's PMQ's Unpacked. 
unpacking the politics and cutting through the crossfire. Order, order. I call Matt Chorley and Tim Shipman. And Tim Shipman's here. Tim Shipman, how are you? I'm very excited. You're very excited because we've got a special guest again. Yes. We've I listened pre- to his podcast and everything. We've previously had uh, <laughs> Peter Dixon, yes. who does the, uh, the voice on The X Factor, uh, Zippy from Rainbow, <laughs> and now... You've basically got to be better than Zippy. Now. <laughs> that is the task. Well, I think the first... Al Murray, comedian Al Murray, welcome to Ties Radio. It's my pleasure, thanks for having me. Um, the main thing you could do is sound like Zippy, which the Zippy... Oh, well, I can't remember. Oh, no, 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 no. Okay, yeah, fine, yeah. You, yeah. And Andrew George. Yeah, right, he yeah. does. <laughs> it was very good. It was very good. <laughs> Now, How's your bungle? Uh, uh, oh, uh, oh, ceaseless. My bungle is ceaseless. <laughs> now you're you're probably you're you're a proper observer of of politics. Well, um, I mean, we've got no option, have we? Mm. Um, uh, uh, we have to keep a close eye on this yeah. thing, don't we? Uh, uh, especially now we're coming to the end of the end of the. Uh, you know, this is the very end of the Return of the Jedi, isn't it? In terms yeah. of Tory governments, they've, they've shot the Ewoks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, I mean, I yeah, I do. I, I find it, I find the whole thing sort of bit, bitterly fascinating. And you famously stood yeah. against Nigel Farage no, and the other candidates and the other and candidates. Craig McKinley. I mean, yeah. please. Uh, they're, they're, otherwise, we're back to my old Twitter feed of 2015, which is just why do you hate democracy? Yeah. Well, what by running by an election? Standing an election, yeah. standing an election. <laughs> so, who do you think's got more chance of becoming an MP next, Nigel Farage or you? Well, I, you know, uh, obviously, uh, we're being told that um, uh, uh, Nigel Farage is the sort of sort of lurking in the fog that will it, emerge. I mean, it, he very often he gets sort of presented as you know he's asleep under a landmark, and all that needs to happen is he needs to awake to to yeah, rescue yeah. the right. But I don't know. I, he doesn't seem interested. Does he? There What's was your... a poll saying he would win in Clacton on Sea. So I don't know how you feel about a, a, a pretty cold seaside town. Well, I wouldn't. In I would never out. do it again. I would <laughs> really? never do it again. No, no, no. Because because um, because it was incredibly uh, annoying the whole, the whole thing. <laughs> and also the other thing is, I came away. Was it dangerous- just a joke that got out of hand? It was a joke that got out of hand, and I came away from the whole thing. I'm dangerously sympathetic towards politicians because. Um, uh, the, 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 the demand is that they fail. The demand is that the, the expectation is they're lying. The demand is that they fail. Um, and that tends to be what kind of happens to them. And they get eaten by the, eaten by the machine. And, and the thing I, the thing, the thing, <laughs> I mean, my, my PR's with me, who, was, who, who uh, happily uh, acted as, a, as, as my spin doctor, you know. He, he, the, Joined, yeah, and yeah. and when, when we did the thing where I went, I was going to be parachuted into the constituency, literally. Yeah. So we'd... Um, <laughs> we, I remember this story. Yeah, this yeah. Story. And, uh, and we'd, booked the, we'd booked the jump and booked the plane and everything, and the press came to the airfield, and then it turned out that I was too fat, right, <laughs> to jump. <laughs> I, I, my daughter's... Oh, Boris on the zip wire. Well, yeah, my daughter's bathroom scales, it turns out, they'd been tampered with. So yeah, the, okay, that, that's yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's what happened. Yeah, so yeah. they ring me up. They go, "You've got to be under ninety kilos." I get the pink scales from out under the toilet, <laughs> stand on them. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm. And then I, we get through all of the procedure, and the and they do all the training. They explain how I'm going to jump, and then the last thing is, you get on the scales and get your credit card out. And I got on the scales. I said, "Well, you, that's it. You can't do it." So we then had to spin. <laughs> This disaster yeah. of not being able to not being able to actually parachute, and I just thought this is just too, this is too stressful. I want to write my jokes, tell my jokes, and go home. And 
that, that it didn't work out like that. So that, that's where we are. That's where we yeah. are now. Now I've just been the last time you you came into Parliament once. We went and watched PMQs. Yes, we did. Yeah, and then it was we went Theresa for, May's first day, and we went and had God, lunch remember, afterwards. Remember and we yeah. emerged from lunch, and there'd been a terror attack in Westminster. Right. We that's missed right. it because we'd been yeah. at lunch. So yeah. fingers crossed, it won't be quite so dramatic today. Yes, let's let's hope that we can just how punchier the ERG going to be getting later. Exactly. Right. Here we go. Then let's go live to the House of Commons. This is question number one from Keir Starmer. Uh, can I send my best wishes to the Honourable Member and his father also and all those suffering in this way? Mr Speaker, I can't let today pass without saying how saddened I was by the tragic death of Bronson Battersby, aged just two, who died in heartbreaking circumstances in Skegness. I know that this House will join me in sending our deepest sympathies to his family. Mr Speaker, the Government has been forced to admit that it has lost contact with 85% of the 5,000 people earmarked for removal to Rwanda. Has he found them yet? Prime Minister. Mr Speaker, what I can tell the Honourable Gentleman is that in spite of him blocking every... In spite of him blocking every single attempt that we have taken, we have managed now, because of our actions, to reduce the number of people coming here by over a third last year, remove over 20,000 people from this country back to their home countries, carried out 70% more illegal enforcement raids, arrested hundreds of people, closed down thousands of bank accounts, and processed over 100,000 cases, the biggest number in over 20 years, Mr Speaker. That's because on this side of the House, we want to stop the boats. We have a plan. It's working. And with him, we would just go back to square one. Oh, I think think we might be getting a few of those. So I think we'll start clocking in, just going back to square one. Uh, So he's chosen to go on Rwanda again, which is what he did last week, uh, Tim. Um, and knowing that it's just just well, it's for just the subject of the back day, benches, and he it? wants to cause as much grief as possible for Sunak uh, with his backbenchers, doesn't he? Um, and he's forced Sunak to trot out this um, uh, collector's item list of very exciting things that they've been doing. Which, if he if he didn't have the Rwanda bill and just kept reading out that list, it sounds quite good. Right, yeah, yes. I mean, I, I've been watching a lot of Twenty Four Hours of Police Custody later le- le- recently, and I think <laughs> and I think. Um, uh, Sunak should just say no comment to everything at the moment. He's reached that stage of the process where his, uh, the answer to every question should just be no comment. And we'd, we'd get through this whole thing a lot quicker. Yeah. And he wouldn't... We'd be no would, more in the dark. He, we'd be, <laughs> things would be just as clear. And he wouldn't, uh, and he wouldn't be, he wouldn't be um, offering, offering so many sort of possible uh, lines to the, to, to, to the opposition. I also... I, I mean, I have to say, the, the argument he presents there that, well, the opposition are, are opposing what we're doing isn't the isn't the strongest uh, yeah. politics, is it? I mean, they're, they're clues in the name, mate. But also, I mean, it's also just not true. When he says, in spite of him blocking yeah, every single yeah, attempt, yeah. they haven't blocked it. Well, I know they, I know they haven't. Actually, the, everything that Rishi Sunak wanted to do, he has been able to yeah. do. Well, and the only people liable to block what he's doing now are, are sitting on behind him. Behind so. him. Oh, come on, it's beautiful. It's, <laughs> the, the current state of play is, is it, are you not entertained by this? Like the, um, you know, that you can have this big a majority and, and be in this mess. It's, it's just, just, it's gorgeous. I'm, I, I'm, you know. It's more the Black Knight than Gladiator, I would say. Yeah, well, yes, honest. I think so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
What are you uh, going to do? Bleed on me at this stage is how, how the Prime Minister is approaching politics. It's not gone down very well, uh, people watching on YouTube. Kadia says that was the worst possible answer. I mean, we've still got five no, more goes yeah, of that. No comment. Yeah. <laughs> no comment. Right, let's, uh, let's see if it gets any better. Uh, are you the Prime Minister? No comment. <laughs> uh, let's go back to the House of Commons. This is question number two from Keir Starmer. Mr. My, my first thought is, how do you actually lose 4,250 people? Uh, then you remember that this is the government that scrapped HS2, but the costs are still rising by billions. This is the government that spent £400 million of taxpayers' money on a Rwanda scheme, yet can't deport a single person. And this is the government that waged a week-long war on the Greek Prime Minister for reasons known only to themselves. And suddenly you're reminded that, of course, this farce of a government could lose the people it was planning to remove. But he didn't answer the question, so I'll ask him again. Where are the 4,250 people that the government has lost? Where are they? Mr Speaker, Mr. Speaker, as I said, we've actually identified and removed over 20,000 people from this country back to where they belong. But, but he talks, he asks these questions about the Rwanda scheme, Mr Speaker. Now, it is important that we get this up and running because it's important, as the National Crime Agency say, that we have a working deterrence to resolve this issue. That's indeed how Australia solved this problem and Albania has worked for us. But we know he asked these questions, Mr Speaker, about the detail of these these things. But we all know he doesn't, he doesn't actually care about solving this problem. And we know this because when, when the BBC asked him, when the BBC asked him about the Rwanda plan, they quizzed him. They said, if the numbers crossing the channel on small boats decline, i.e. so it's working, would you still reverse it? The Labour leader said yes. It's crystal clear he doesn't have a plan and it will be back to square one. I mean, losing the 4,000 people, no comment would have worked quite well now, yeah. I think. Yeah, I think or at so. least if he'd had the nerve to say, I've got a very large sofa and they're hiding behind Well, they're it. staying at the Ritz, aren't they? I mean, as, in, as I understand it. Keir Starmer's question, if you've lost something, by definition, you don't know... I mean, it's like when you can't find your keys. Mm. And someone said, well, when did you last have them? If nobody knew that, they wouldn't be lost. Well, yeah, quite. I mean, they're the, they're the last place... Yeah, exactly yeah, yeah. the last place you had them. Yeah, I like the idea of the week-long war on the Greeks, though. I mean, that may be a good course of action for the government. You know, if in doubt, start a small war. That, that might was, be one we could actually win. I thought um, he was sort of starting to mount together the sort of thing that we've talked in recent weeks, Tim, that, that Keir Stubb has missed the opportunity of, of like taking a whole load of threads and tying them all together. This isn't working, that isn't working. No, no, no. Yeah. Um, and so as he talked about how you've lost 4,000 people, they scrapped HS2 with the costs are still going up, they went back to Rwanda again. I mean, you'd have to be quite specialist to remember the row with the Greek Prime it's Minister over niche, the Elgin marbles. Really? I mean, yeah. it's quite a lot of other things. Well, it's on. like it's aimed at the listeners to this show. Surely not. It, you know, they, the pe people who listen to the show, they, they remember that. They remember... The, the, the and the king got involved, didn't he? Yeah, exactly. I mean, all the Greek tie. There you go, see, maybe that'll be in the next question. <laughs> no, Sudak's answer, to, do, to be boring for a moment, is not a bad one, which is that, you know, even if this was working, Starmer would get rid of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, which will have an impact with some voters. To which um, the maybe not is, ones listening to this show. But it's not working. Well, that's that will be <laughs> quite. Uh, so anyway, let's go back to the House of Commons. There, the question number three uh, from Keir Starmer. Mr. Speaker, spending four hundred million pounds on a plan 
not to get anybody to Rwanda whilst losing 4,000 people is not a plan. It's a farce. Uh, only, this, only this government could waste hundreds of millions of pounds on a removals policy that doesn't remove anyone. Uh, only this government could claim that it's going to get flights off the ground only to discover they couldn't find a plane. Only, Sunday time only this that. government could sign a removal deal with Rwanda only to end up taking people from Rwanda to here. But, it, but he still hasn't answered the question. So I'll try again. What progress has he made in locating the 4,250 people his government has apparently lost? He's dodged it three times. Where are they? Let's just jump in there. In terms of the uh, Almo, he has an expert mm. of these these things. Yeah, is this working comedically? The only this government. I mean, it's all, it has the rhythm well, and mean, sound of a yeah, joke. I mean, c- comedically is uh, you're doing an awful lot of work there. <laughs> and, and, and of course, and of course, you know, like the, the, there are the categories of joke, aren't there? There's the, a joke, a joke you a joke you'd use on stage. There's a joke you put in a novel. There's a joke you'd say in Parliament, right? Uh, 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 from funniest to least funny, just yeah. to help anyone yeah. who wasn't sure of the taxonomy <laughs> the, the bar is low on the third yeah, the bar one. I'm not very, sure very he's quite clearing one. it. But yeah, moment. I mean, he's, he's, basically, he's basically creating a, a comedic rhetorical trap here for, yeah. for the Prime Minister. And I think he, he, he you know, it, it's kind of serviceable in that regard. And what, what I quite liked was, was, was how that, I mean, was it a triple negative? Yeah. It, 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 you know, he's... That, that this thing is so sort of co- complicated and gnarly that that Starmer is having to sort of resort to triple negatives and all this sort of thing to to point out you know they they they, they can't find a plane or all this sort of thing. He's, it, it, so, yeah. so, so he's got the rule of three. I mean, yeah, but but you're, you're about to go on tour. It's a removals. Yeah, is the idea you're picking Starmer's brains for for jokes here? This well, is... I mean, I've got a lot of blank pages at the moment. <laughs> I'm basically working out, should I take that? Am I taking that? What have, I think we're going to leave that. that that's <laughs> what I find strange about. about this approach a little bit is that he seems to be trying to make out that this is a uniquely incompetent conservative exactly. government. Anyone who can remember the previous two might wonder whether that's um Well, because the, the, the flights plan without any planes is... is That dates all the way back to... to Chris Grayling yeah. and the, the yeah. ferry company that didn't yeah. own any ferries. But isn't this... The, I mean, the, the Tory government here is working on a rule of three, isn't it? The, uh, um, this is the third, the third funniest of the lot, isn't it? Isn't that where he could go there with that, yeah, couldn't yeah. he? You know, somebody Andy's been in touch as well to say because we forget square one again. Is it, if things have <laughs> deteriorated, isn't square one a better place than we are now? So actually, yeah, that, that would be back, well, yes, back at zero. Could say, <laughs> yes, you yes. At least know what square. If one we is. go back to square one, so we forget the Tory government, we go back to how it was under the last Labour government. Let's take. They should reclaim square one. Uh, anyway, let's find out. Um, I'm not can't remember what the question was, but I don't know. But there's uh, going to be an answer. Uh, there's going to be an answer. We're going to use the phrase. <laughs> no comment. Uh, there's going to be a answer which uses the phrase uh, back to square one, I imagine. This is what you said. Mr. Speaker, it's the same thing again and again. Here we are talking about what we are doing. But I'm happy, I'm happy to go over it, Mr. Speaker. What are we doing? We've increased the number of illegal enforcement raids by 70%, leading to thousands of arrests, using powers, Mr. Speaker, that he blocked in this House. We have closed down thousands of bank accounts of illegal workers, again, using powers that he blocked, Mr Speaker. (laughs) Do you want that early cup of tea? Are we going to a little bit more silent? (laughs) 
how can you be a bit more Speaker, silent? As I said, we have worked through <laughs> a record a number of, of Labour cases MP. and returned a record number of people back to where they've come. All of that is a plan that is working, and we can see that it's working because the numbers of people coming to this country are down by over a third, Mr Speaker. But again, it is a bit rich to hear him in here pretending that he cares about how we actually stop the boats when he's been crystal clear. He's been crystal clear and said that even if the plan is working to reduce the numbers, he would st- still scrap it, Mr Speaker. It's because he has no values, no conviction and no plan and it's back to square one. Hey! Is the, is the idea here that, um, you know, that the, the, the would-be immigrant goes, God, nothing works in Britain, I won't go there then. Is that what they? Is that what? Oh, was that the idea? Yeah, is that what he's aiming at here? Yeah, the God, they can't, they can't down, string the a policy that doesn't work works anymore. Yeah, exactly. They can't find a ferry. I, I won't bother going I'm there. Off to Greece. <laughs> it's warmer there. It's warmer. Yeah. Well, the whole point is there are far more asylum seekers in Greece. It's a few of them who reach here, which is why um, I don't know. Working cooperatively together in some way with European countries might be a. Anyway, that's just I have no idea what you're talking about. um, Well, they have a lot of upstream work, as they call it, I think they would say (laughs) at that point, Matthew. Up up, up your stream as well. Um, uh, Because Lindsay Hoyle had to deal with some shouting there, what's your best tactic for dealing with hecklers, Al? Oh, I get my retaliation early. I think what what Hoyle's doing wrong is he he should start PMQs by basically roasting the front four rows of of both sides of the house before he calls the... before he calls... Starmer to um, ask his first question. I saw Stuart Lee on Monday night. He spent the whole first half of the show just having a go at the audience. But well, gonna, why don't you get repetitive? Because what he's done, and what do you do? And what do you do? Well, the rows and rows of MPs. You'd be struggling with some of the Labour front bench, it's true to say. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Because, yeah. well, of course, Rachel Reeves isn't there because she's in uh, knee-deep in Davos. Well, that means there's only half the people that... Most people recognise that. Uh, yeah. have, have any uh, have government people gone to Davos? Yeah, I think David Cameron's going and Jeremy Hunt's going. Oh, they're, they're very at home there, aren't they? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah. you know, That's horses for courses. Very, very old, very old school. That the idea of Cameron rocking up at Davos, isn't it? It's like smacks of. Wasn't there a story I remember when they went to Davos with George Osborne? They spent hundreds and hundreds of pounds on a f- cheese fondue or something. Yeah, during yeah. austerity, which we obviously, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, kept going for weeks. I mean, though. good times. The yeah. cheese fondue during austerity. Good times. I mean, that was all they had to worry about. Yeah, exactly. It was a fondue. It was a cheese fondue. <laughs> brought down by a cheese fondue. Uh, right. <laughs> right, let's go back to the House of Commons then for uh, the fourth time of Keir Starmer asking something complicated about Miranda and then Rishi Sunak saying, uh, back to square one. He hasn't got a clue where they, where they are, has he? No! I, I could tell, Bit of crowd I could work. tell you one place they are, and that's Rwanda. <laughs> Because the only people who sent to Rwanda is cabinet ministers. And, 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 and for all the word, the ridiculous thing is, we know the Prime Minister himself doesn't even believe in this Rwanda gimmick. He had to be talked out of scrapping the whole thing. He didn't want to fund it. He didn't think it would work. When he sees his party tearing itself apart, Hundreds of bald men scrapping over a single broken comb. <laughs> Doesn't he wish he'd had the courage to stick to his guns? Taking that one personally. <laughs> well, Mr. Mr. Speaker, now I have absolute conviction that the plan we've put in place will work, 
absolute conviction because I believe it's important that we grip this problem. Now, he spends a lot of his time in this House talking about his time as a lawyer, Mr Speaker, and I would urge him to listen to them because Lord Wolfson has said that our bill severely limits the... Oh. Four eminent KCs have said that it is undoubtedly the most robust piece of immigration legislation this Parliament has seen. And, and Mr. Speaker, a former Supreme Court. Uh, the Horizon system I robust. Because it matters to my constituents. Who feels it doesn't matter to those? Please leave, Prime Minister. So he's turning off Labour MPs Four eminent cases said this is undoubtedly the most robust legislation passed, and a former Supreme Court justice has been clear that the bill would work. But I know, Mr. Speaker, he's always been more interested in what lefty lawyers have to say, Mr. Speaker. I've even got here—I've even got here—the textbook that he authored for them, and it's called, and I quote, "European Human Rights Law" by Keir Starmer. So. Well, he's got it printed out, he's waving it around. So he, he he's still it. going. No, Lindsay Hall's intervened again. When I stand up, please sit down. Can I just say, we don't use props in this house. Oh, and no I props. will certainly ensure that it, if you do need reminding, I certainly will. Oh, oh, no problems. Such utterly pathetic nonsense. Oh, OK, well, I'll stop. Oh, there we go. Oh, oh, well, utterly pathetic know. nonsense. He, he, he couldn't be happier. <laughs> new year, new nonsense. Yeah, <laughs> new year, nonsense, <laughs> isn't it? Where do, you, where do you stand on the use of props, Al? Oh, I'm all for it. I mean, I think, uh, you know, uh, I, I'll I resort to Excel if yeah. I need it. Um, yeah. You know, we have a projector. Yeah. Um, I mean, that. the thing is, my bar is, is always well stocked with Vittles, so if yeah. someone needs some crisps... Yeah. I mean, again, again, I think Parliament's limiting itself here. If yeah. You could, if you could, I mean, you could get the, a lot in the dispatch box, couldn't you? You could imagine, imagine if 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 he had in there, you know, it, 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 compromising photographs, everything. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Well, they could go sort of full whose line is it anyway? Yeah. And at the start, Lindsay Hoyle gives them, I don't know, like a big, exactly. a big phone right. In snake. question one, you must use phone phone the, snake, the and you have to just keep passing yeah. it backwards yeah, exactly. and forwards. Yeah, yeah. 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 they've got a lot of time for that, actually. We're yeah. reaching the stage where they're becoming a sort of estuarial English uh, face-off now. I mean, he's Starmer gonna... was like, eee, yeah. 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 doesn't he? He hasn't right. got a clue. He hasn't got a clue where they are, <laughs> he? ain't got a clue. And Sunak does it too when he's trying to be sort of vaguely. I mean, populist. Sunak was, he's actually going to get out of Foam Square with one written on it at some point, isn't it? That's yeah. where we're headed with this props <laughs> thing. Here it is. Here it is. We'll back to Square One and we'll get told off for that. <laughs> Uh, now, um, on this, as you're here as a, as a professional comedian, Al, uh, let's, let's, yeah. let's revisit uh, Keir Starmer's joke. When he sees his party tearing itself apart, hundreds of bold men scrapping over a single broken comb, doesn't he wish he'd had the courage to stick to his guns? I mean, it's got words in it. It's got a lot of metaphors. <laughs> um, it, it, yes, and it sort of... It needed a comey payoff, it didn't it? It pitches yeah. up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Teeth. Exactly. It doesn't I mean, work it's in its own terms. terms. Or something to do with giving in to his fringe. You know, Good. I mean, we're, we're, just, we're, just, we're just... Once you mention that it's Chekhov's comb, isn't it? Once you mention the comb, there's, to got to be some, there's got to be some more hair involved, isn't yeah. it? I mean, it's... Blow, blow Chekhov's jars. gun would be more interesting well, at this it, point it, in the proceedings. Yes, I mean, it's... Yeah, he's... The thing is, is this isn't what this isn't what Starmer isn't good at the the, the humour, mm. is he? I mean, I, Starmer's really like, and I, I know there's no the polling all says there's no appetite for him, is there? That that, that people aren't really into mm. him, but he's a rail replacement service. I don't want to get on that bus, <laughs> <laughs> but, but I have to get from A to B, but so I will get on the bus. There is no train. 
There is no train. Exactly. There is no train. You spend six hours with your face just rattling up against the glass. <laughs> That is, that's, yeah. that's the next Labour government. How long have we been on it? <laughs> oh, God, we've only insulted me. Bus that's way too hot or far too cold. Yeah. That's the next Labour government. <laughs> Something to look forward to. Uh, what are we up to now? Is the next one number five? Yeah, two more to go, two more to go. Well, let's see if it gets any better. Uh, let's see if there's any more prop work uh, for uh, Rishi Sunak to get... Lizzie Horse just seems very cross with everyone today. Uh, let's go back to the House of Commons. This is question number five from Keir Starmer. It's such utterly pathetic nonsense. He, he's been brutally exposed by his own MPs yet again. He's got one party chair who says she hopes the Lords will rip his Rwanda deal to pieces. He's got two more who had to quit because they don't think it'll work. All of them appointed by him, all now in open revolt against his policy, each other uh, and reality... <laughs> is, is there any wonder they all think this gimmick is doomed to failure when the Prime Minister himself doesn't believe in it? Mr. Mr. Speaker, Mr. Speaker, it is rich to hear from the Honourable Gentleman about belief in something because and it will be news to him. It is actually the case that you can believe in something and stick to that position on this side of the house. I will say to this side... Uh, now he's telling off the Tory oh, MPs. Somebody's jumping in from over. Can I just say, it's very important. It's an important day. People want to know what's going on. So I want my constituents, just like yours, to hear what the Prime Minister's got to say. Prime Minister. Just this week, Mr Speaker, we had another example of the Honourable Gentleman doing one thing, saying another. Because it, 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 this, this week, he backed the Home Secretary in banning the terrorist group Hizbut Tahrir, despite him personally using the European Court of Human Rights to try and stop them being banned. And don't take my word for it, Mr Speaker, the extremist's own press release said, and I quote, the Hizbut Tahrir legal team led by Keir Starmer. Now, I know, I know he doesn't like talking about them because they've been a client, but when I see a group chanting jihad on our streets, I ban them, he invoices them. Wow. This is quite punchy, Tim. Yes, and the people behind him liked it, which is part of the reason uh, that this whole um, uh, theatrical enterprise takes place each week. Um, yeah, I mean, at the Tory Central Office, lots of uh, briefing against Starmer's sort of legal backstory, and uh, he's deploying it quite well. I mean, it's a decent line at the end, you know, invoice line. Is, um, the, is, is Not knowing the details of this case, this is another example of the cab rank rule. Some of them are cab rank and some of them aren't, and I don't know specifically on this one. Some of them are ones that he just pursued because he sort of believed in yeah, doing certain stuff. things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, I mean, it, obviously, the, the, there's a series of man traps here that they're trying to create for Starmer, mm. isn't it, around his around his career? But I, I, again, I just don't know. I don't know. It's too late for that now. Yeah, is is how it feels. That 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 that, and also what we're five questions in, and he's finally he's finally resorted to this. Yeah, which I think is quite in, quite interesting. Is that why would why would you not he, he why would you not start with this if you're soon acting? But I to, think that I think that's a I think that's a comedian's approach. Start with your strong material. Well, yeah, absolutely. But but in PMQs and you're building. A, you yeah. start with the headline and the intro. But in, yeah. in PMQs, they tend to sort of there's a sort of 
crescendo towards the building towards and Starmer's petering out a little bit. I mean, there wasn't even really a question there. This is a bit like Operation Market Garden, isn't it? I mean, he did all right at Eindhoven, but he's now been stopped. Look at Jim Gavin. I mean, you know as well as I do that the fundamental problem there was that the aircraft weren't available for a full first lift effort. Just fade them out. And the first Allied and all Army were organisationally new, so they really Gavin, anyway, blame Jim Gavin, yeah. You can find you can find more of that on. What's, what's it called? We have ways of making you talk. We have ways of making you talk. James Holland. Yes, exactly. Yeah, it's yeah. a podcast. Very good. <laughs> uh, right, let's go back to uh, the House of Commons. Then uh, this is intervention number six from Lindsay Hoyle. Because there's eight questions that I think some of the you may want. Well, I'll tell you what. There's some's already gone off the list. Who wanted them? Mr Speaker, if he stuck to his position, he'd be voting with us. He'd be voting with us. His former Home Secretary says the plan won't work. His current Home Secretary calls it batshit. His former Immigration Minister doesn't back his plan. Just apologise for the language on Times Radio there. Doesn't believe in it. Unbelievable. And last week, another of his MPs said the Tories should admit that things have got worse since they came to office, that after 14 years they've left Britain less united, the country is a sadder place. If the Prime Minister can't even persuade his own MPs that it's worth supporting him, if he himself doesn't even believe in his own policies, why on earth should anyone else think differently? Mr Speaker, another week when it's crystal clear the Honourable Gentleman doesn't believe in anything and he doesn't have a plan. Now, while he talks the country down, let me update him on what's actually been happening in the past week. Inflation more than halved from 11% to 4%. But up to Real wages rising. Real wages rising for the fifth month in a row. Last week, rates started falling and millions of people benefited from a tax cut worth £450. So while he takes us back to square one with a £28 billion tax grab, let's stick with a plan that's delivering a brighter future for Britain. No long-term decisions. I no long-term decisions. Now a bright, we're now brighter talking about future. brighter future. Brighter futures without long-term decisions. I a didn't brighter future rather than the gloomy... Business to be currently appointed. Yeah, but we also must apologise about the potty mouth leader of the opposition. Case wow, unbelievable. It's, it's great though, isn't it? You can't wave a piece of paper around, but you can. <laughs> I mean, how long has that been? How, I think when actually, did that become parliamentary we, language? I think we established that uh, batshit was okay, wasn't it? We, on, it's, it's, uh, oh, you said it again. I'm really Comwals. sorry, Mum. <laughs> <laughs> I know I mean, you're This, why you, this is why you don't normally listen to this show, Mum. I understand. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, it's fine. It's on the Ofcom rules. It's but, fine. But the thing, but when did that, when did that, when did did that start being a word you could say in Parliament? Uh, it's a good question. I think it's when the, the, the Home Secretary was being accused of it. Where would betide you if you call someone a liar, however? Yeah, of course. Yeah, exactly. Or, yeah. or, or have a printout of a, of a document. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So, uh, what do we think overall after all that? Are we any further, any the wiser? So, I think I suppose there are several questions. Like, what's the purpose of PMQs? Uh, is it to, like, land a new news story? Has, has Keir Starmer generated a new news story? Nah. No. Has he inserted himself into a, the news story? Nah, not really. really. Uh, he's, try, he's trying to stir the pot with the other side. And, and... But there were no real punchy sort of questions <coughs> that would have divided Sunak from his 
you know, from the people rebelling. And actually, if you'd done that thing, we've talked about this before, because he had all the quotes there, that Lee Anderson and yeah, Kevin Bain and all the things said. If you just read out what they'd said yeah. and said, what do you say to him? Yeah. You know, really sort of, you know, tried to, to exacerbate that friction. But it, but, but there, but the Labour... T- Seem to be in a don't make don't interrupt your enemy when he's making a state mistake yeah. mode, yeah. aren't they? That's what that's what they've been. They've sort of hibernated, having to uh, take any action, haven't they? For the for the last few months, it's been pretty much set on that direction of travel, isn't it? And and while if the Tory party is going to tear itself apart, why why change the story? Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, uh, so uh, yeah, I mean, I thought it was, uh, what's interesting, obviously, is as, as you said, Tim, is that quite clearly there's a there's an attack line emerging. Just calling him a lefty lawyer isn't enough, but yeah. being able to hang it on um, uh, uh, who he's worked for, yeah. which is obviously partly why they banned them this week, clearly, is to... to, to why ban <laughs> to them get, now? Get, exactly. It's like George Osborne used to spend exactly. a million pounds in a budget just for a joke, and they yeah. now <laughs> banned his <laughs> career to give them a line at PMQ. Well, well don't you think? Yeah. I mean, why, 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 what's I different I mean, the single to... problem with that is that I don't think many people in the UK know what his butteria is no. and know whether or not... We should be banning it, or whether or not he should have. No, been. there were much bigger news back around time yes. of two th- of nine eleven and all yeah, that. Yeah, 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 never yeah, yeah. sold them out yeah, of the news, yeah. and they didn't get banned then. But no. um, Tom's been in touch on the YouTube channel. Says uh, Richie Sunak missed the obvious alliteration in his last retort. It should have been I ban them, he bills them. Mm. A pro like Al wouldn't have let that pass. It's, I think. I think that's a very very good point, and that is the basically when they do this all again tomorrow. That's uh, be better on the second night. Be on the second night. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> this is obviously always permanently work in progress. Yeah, isn't yeah, it? yeah. Everything's work in progress. <laughs> so right, we will we'll talk about Al's uh, tour, which is coming. <laughs> Uh, shortly, and how he's getting on writing his. It was like Zoo Radio, didn't it? Isn't it? It's got, got Tim Shipman's here, Al, comedian this Al Moe's here. Crew. Yeah. We, do we clap yeah. you? Yeah, a posse. Links? A posse. Do we have to it's laugh aggressively yeah, at all yeah, your yeah, jokes yeah, yeah, like yeah, they do yeah, in yeah, Zoo exactly, Radio? Yeah. <laughs> and then straight after the show, we're going to go on an eight hour bender. Yeah, uh, yeah very Lara Spirits now here. Hello. Lara, how are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm very good. So I trailed ahead that you were here because you were going to really sum up all of the great questions on the back benches. Sum up uh, for us what they were like. Really boring today, I'm afraid. Sold! <laughs> oh, no, I've told you about this. I know, you've We've given so me quite a meetings. strict edict on this. You're supposed but, to pick them up. But I think, Isn't this because people a... want boring now? That's what it we was... keep being told. People want boring now. We've exactly. had too much of the flashy nonsense. Not in this form. Not when it's... It was. There were so many questions of, please come to my constituency, please say thank you to this person. Please oh, they won't vote for me. This thing I've done is really good. <laughs> well, this is why, because we know, we keep being told, mainly in the Sunday Times, that Rishi Sunak is... Uh, so good with people, and when he meets them in person, this is well, what you've not been told that by the Sunday Times. No, you've been people, told that people in Downing Street believe told, that to be told. the case. Yes, yes, I mean, that's, yeah. What thirty million people is going yeah, to shake their hands and exactly. uh, shake their hands individually? <laughs> but I remember when the Tory Party was telling us that Ian Duncan Smith being really dull was a good thing mm. because people want boring now. Yeah. But mm. the quiet man never found the volume no, he control, the volume. did he? So uh, based on that, then, Lord, after this, <laughs> this stellar build-up. <laughs> I've done my best. Who are, um, we, who are we doing? Of course, we're going to Stephen Flynn first. Hurrah! Uh, another bold man. Another <laughs> bold man fighting. Did he find his comb? Did he find his comb? When I listened to that out there, I was like, Matt's going to absolutely love that comment. Yeah. And you guys will talk about it for a little yeah. while. So I'm afraid that I missed it. But yeah, Stephen Flynn, we're going to uh, first with a uh, not untypical um, question SMP about question. the cost of living and the Conservatives' response here, to it. Here we go. Yeah. Yeah. Mr Speaker, when people woke up today in homes that they can't afford to heat with mortgages that they're struggling to pay to news that inflation is once again on the rise, they'll have looked to Westminster 
for answers. And instead, they find a UK government which is tearing itself apart how over how quickly it can send vulnerable people on a plane to Rwanda. Surely the Prime Minister must understand that the anger that some of his own backbenchers have towards him is no comparison to the anger that the public have towards his party. Mr Speaker, if the Honourable Gentleman did care about supporting working families to pay their bills, to pay their mortgage, why on earth is the SNP making Scotland the highest tax part of the United Kingdom where the average, Mr Speaker, not the wealthiest, where the average worker in Scotland is now paying more tax than they do in England? Uh, that strikes me as quite a good point. Yeah, I mean, what's that, what's that gif of the... You know, terrible person makes reasonable points. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Should we? Should we see? But I, mean, I assume that Stephen Flynn just completely ignores that response. Uh, yeah, he does completely. Should we have a listen? Yeah, that's where you go. Stephen Flynn. Of course, Mr. Speaker. When it comes to the Rio- the Rwanda bill, the reality oh. is that if oh. you want to stop the uh, the other thing he does, because he, he came on the show to talk about this, he puts his hands in his pockets while yes. he's doing it. Yes. Because it, it annoys Tory MPs. Yes, but uh, that's also an old stand-up uh, uh, confidence trick. Yeah. That if you put your hands in your pockets, it makes you feel relaxed. Oh. So you then relax on stage. That's yeah. an old uh, like body language loop you can do for yourself if you're on stage and you think you're starting to sweat and you get in the dry mouth. Put your hands in your pockets. Because relaxed people have their hands in their pockets. And they think you're relaxed. You well, think I'm you're relaxed. I'm making a note of that. Hands so, uh, in uh, I mean, I've only brought that up because... You know, you're about to go on the road and... Throughout. <laughs> I know what to look for now. Yes. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's going so badly. Two hours with his hands in his Fingers coming out the bottom of my trousers. <laughs> Deeper. I mean, he has the vibe of, uh, you know, uh, some sort of hectic drama when suddenly a very calm, young, but bald, in yeah. a well-suited Scotsman turns up and goes, basically, in the end, if you carry on like this, things could get quite sticky for you. <laughs> it's like sinister. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he has that air. Perhaps he could be hired by one of the five Tory mafia families. Yeah, he could. <laughs> he could. Uh, Lara, who are we going to next? We are going to Nick Fletcher next. Oh, we're a big um, fan of Nick Fletcher, who talks about both wanting a minister for men, which we know is a a minister. L- surely, come on. I mean, this is rubbish. A long-standing conservative. <laughs> so Nick um, Fletcher once used a Commons debate to say the reason that young men were turning to crime was because there were too many women on the telly. And the, the, female, opinion. the female Doctor Who oh, and yeah. the female Ghostbusters. Yeah. He said, he literally said, is it any wonder that so many young men are turning to crime? <laughs> so, so, I mean, they were, I mean the, the female Ghostbusters wasn't, wasn't very good, but it didn't make me rob a petrol station. <laughs> <laughs> well... You know, give it time. <laughs> this is a perfect example of a question where he is both trying to advocate for that and also trying to ask for some sort of congratulation over some constituency-related matter right. or visit. Right. So okay. have a listen to how he fails to do that. Pull it off. Thank you, Mr Speaker. Mr Speaker, today I was unsure whether to raise a national issue, such as the desperate need for a Minister for Men, or a local issue, such as Doncaster's <laughs> need for a new hospital or Edlington for a new leisure centre. But I thought the best thing I could do is ask the Prime Minister to come and have a tour of Doncaster. And while I'm showing him around my hometown, I can press the need for a Minister for Men, I can show him the site for a new hospital, and I can introduce him to the people of Edlington so he can discuss their new leisure centre. So will the Prime Minister accept my invitation? Well, thanks uh, thanks to my friends. Fantastic campaigning on behalf of his constituents. 
Doncaster City Council has received, I think, more than £80 million in levelling up funding for its regeneration yeah. products. And most recently, Doncaster has been awarded £20 million in our long term plan for towns. I know he is working very hard to make sure it's prioritised uh, for local people. I would be delighted to discuss those projects and his other ideas when I come and visit him as soon as my diary allows. As oh! soon as my diary allows. Well, that'll be after the election. Yes. <laughs> I like the mention of the leisure centre though, because the voice reminded me of nothing so much as the guy who went in 1984. Nobody died. Oh yeah, Steve in 1985. Cooper. Nobody died. In 1986, somebody died. <laughs> in 1987, yeah. nobody died. <laughs> it was. A bit, I was reminded of that when Rishi Sunak was going around saying that 95 percent of schools weren't falling down because of yeah. flat concrete. That's right. That's fine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what did you think of the question construction from Nick Fletcher? Well, I think, I mean, in that thriller we were talking about, um, uh, he's the bloke who's hopelessly out of his depth, having <laughs> done, like ordinary, a bloke running a leisure centre who, yeah. who did, who's hopelessly out of his depth, and that Scotch bloke turns up to tell him he's, that things might get sticky. I mean, obviously, you need MPs like that so that the ones at the, on the front benches can shine so bright. That's true. It's um, all relative. It's all relative, yeah. 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 Uh, very good. Uh, well, this is Stood Extraordinarily, PMQ's Unpacked on Time Study. Where are we going next, Lara Spook? So if we have time, it'd be great to go to Charlotte Nichols for a less amusing question. But this is about um, the worrying shortage of drugs that we're seeing in pharmacies. Um, and I think the response from Sunak is quite interesting on what the government hopes to do next. Right. Thank you, Mr Speaker. I've been contacted by desperate constituents who have rung every single pharmacy within a 50-mile radius of Warrington and still haven't been able to access their medication for ADHD. This has been going on for months and isn't just a Warrington issue. Pharmacists are calling it the worst shortage ever seen, with only 11% of people able to access their full dose this month. And ADHD UK have called the government's response pathetic. They're right, aren't they? Yeah. So I'm very sorry to hear about the situation in the Honourable Lady's constituency, but the Health Secretary obviously heard what she said and is in touch with the relevant drug bodies to make sure we can have the provision of ADHD medicine to all of those who need it. It was interesting that um, Victoria Atkins, who is the Health Secretary, is on the front page, sort of leaning forward. She looked a nodding bit, aggressively. Nodding aggressively like this might be the first time it's come to her attention. Reached her attention. Hmm. But anyway, I suppose that's, an ex that's a good example of someone using PMQs for... For good, Lara. Yeah, I would say that was one of the questions which uh, stayed true to the purpose of Prime Minister's questions, which is to actually ask a question. Um, <laughs> and keep the arse out of this frat house, though, isn't it? <laughs> which is a Your Zoom radio bar. isn't something to Zoom yeah. now. Um, but the, I think the statistics she cited there was staggering. What was it? 11% yeah. of those on ADHD medication have been unable to get what, it. But also, what's causing this, do we know? I think various supply chain issues that I haven't heard any minister... Because, I mean, one of the interesting things is, uh, uh, here we are, we've had the Leader of the Opposition's questions. There is a, there is a global supply chain uh, uh, question hanging over everything with, the, with, with, with uh, you know, the, the, the Red Sea and with the is Royal it Navy... Is it or the Houthis? That's well, the, the question, isn't Well, it? exactly. The Red... You know, the, 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 that, that they were scrabbling around in the Rwanda mud for three or four questions 
when there's actually, mili- you know, Royal Navy's engaged in military action in Yemen. Like, why are we not, why are we not talking about that? Mm. And why th- have you got Al Murray on and he's not been asked to talk about the war? <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's quite seriously. You know, because last week there was a, there, there, over the weekend, there's all this talk about they've gone, to, there's been military action without consulting parliament and the rights and wrongs of that. Mm. But it just, it's not been mentioned. And I find that, maybe it will be later on in the backbenchers question, but I find it quite, I find it sort of, the sort of fundamental unseriousness in, in, in that regard quite, Quite surprising, and suddenly there's a serious question about a serious issue that affects people, and Sunak stops like laughing, and and or or trying to land blows and engages with it seriously. And I think, you know, find if that's the thing in the end where I where I think, God, we've got, gosh, we've got a kind of frivolity problem. I not, find not, it a little bit shocking that you don't think we need a minister for men now. Well, <laughs> I, of course, <laughs> is it is it not specifically a minister for men men in leisure centres? <laughs> Whose job it was is to get more men into leisure centres. But it has to be. I mean, he's, mis- he's got to be a minister, hasn't it? And when Labour get in, they should appoint one and make a woman a, a, a <laughs> minister for men. And then we can we can we can hear the explosion. We, the windows yeah, yeah. will rattle when when the news reaches him. I'm not sure he'll be representing Doncaster. After the um, election, to be honest, I've got half an answer to the question because uh, apparently the shortage of medicines affecting people with ADHD, diabetes cancer treatments, HRT. It's a combination of manufacturing problems, missing key ingredients, and global demand putting pressure on supply. It's called the Royal Pharmaceutical Society. Right. And it's just getting worse, apparently. Uh, And as a result, pharmacists are facing aggression and abuse from frustrated and anxious customers. Mm. Mm. So there we are. I feel like, unusually, I feel like I've learned something. That's it for PMQ's Unpack. We'll be back next Wednesday to do it all over again. Don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. And if you've got a spare half hour, hop on over to the How to Win an Election with Peter Manson, Daniel Finkstein and Polly McKenzie. This week asking how to win a by-election. They basically fall out over whether or not we should take any notice of by-elections. It's a really good lesson. But for now, for me, Matt Chorley, it's goodbye. This episode of Politics Without the Boring Bits is brought to you by Luton Rising, owners of London Luton Airport, the UK's most socially impactful airport. Find out more at lutonrising.org.uk.